He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Hold on. Full blown. Full blown. <laughs> I was gonna say balls to the wall, though. Hey, that works on this show. Good, good. Sure does. Falls to the wall. Well, our guest today, on that note, is Tara Jean Stevens from the Kevin and Sonia show with Tara Jean on Kiss 107.5. Or do you not see the point on our old station? Well, big no-no. In Vancouver, uh, we're also in Chilliwack as well. So Kiss Radio Vancouver, and you can listen live at kissradio.ca. All right, there you go. Well, it's like she does this for a living. She just dropped like, a liner yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I could also put the kiss thing in the background, but I moved it just for you. <laughs> well, you're not here to talk about kiss today. Tara Jean is also the host of a fascinating new investigative podcast called Heaven Bent. And on the Heaven Bent podcast, Tara Jean charts the Toronto Blessing, a 1994 Christian revival at the Toronto Airport Vineyard Church, where an unbelievable number of people were affected by prophecies, prayer for healing, and speaking in tongues, just to name a couple of strange things that went on. I can't wait to talk about this. Please welcome TJ. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's good to wild. be here. <laughs> Seriously, though, this is a really juicy podcast. I think there's, there's four episodes out right now, right? Yeah, that's right. We release new episodes every Monday on the Frequency Podcast Network, or you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Now... I was shocked because I don't remember, sorry, it's the Toronto, Toronto, blessing. Toronto blessing. Yes. I don't recall, but 94, I was only in grade four, so I might've just been a bit too young, but I'm very much into this. So is this something that, you know, a lot of people have heard about? No, no. I mean, and to be honest, when this spiritual movement spread from the church in Toronto to other churches across Canada and around the world. It spread to my church in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, which is way up the BC coast, uh, kind of near the Alaska panhandle. And when I was growing up as a teenager and all the strange phenomena that was happening in Toronto was happening in our church, at the time, I had no idea that it had spread from another place, really. It was, it was as, as a teenager, you just kind of take whatever adults tell you. And I thought it was sort of normal at the time. And it was only as I got older and started to ask questions and then eventually now started to do this podcast that I realized, no, this was a full blown global phenomenon. And that's the only word for it really. Um, because in one, I think it's episode one, you outline the different denominations that sort of believe in speaking in tongues and prophecies and stuff more so than others. And I kept waiting for you to list the one that I grew up with, which was United, which is like, the most vanilla, basic, gay is cool, like <laughs> anything goes. So we're probably on the total opposite end of the spectrum. But the ones that are big into this Toronto Blessing stuff, those are evangelicals? Yeah, well, they're more charismatic. So okay. evangelicals are the kinds of Christians like Justin Bieber, um, like, uh, like a lot of Christians that you hear in America, you know, when they get up and they thank God for their, you know, their Oscar award and they thank Jesus. They have a personal relationship with Jesus. They, they, they think of him as sort of their best friend. Um, and charismatics are evangelical. So they still have that sort of um, dynamic relationship, personal relationship with the divine. Um, but charismatics believe in signs and wonders. So that's um, shaking 
um, the idea that God may reveal himself to you in, in the clouds, um, that he may give you the gift of healing, that you can pray for people or lay your hands on people and through God heal them of, you know, different ailments of, you know, healing of your vision or your hearing. Um, it also uh, is the, the type of church or the type of Christians that believe in speaking in tongues. And if speaking in tongues is something that I cover, uh, I think, in a really fascinating way in episode two. Right, right. Because you experienced this firsthand as what? You were 19, you said? No, no, I was quite young. at the, I stopped going to church when I was 19. Okay, after that was I, it. Yeah. After I was 19, I stopped going. And that's when I, um, you know, I moved away from Prince Rupert. I came to the city. And that, for me, is when I started to find fault in the church. And it, to be honest, it was meeting my first openly gay man, uh, my first openly gay friend. <laughs> I started working at Holt Renfrew, the fancy department store, and he was my workmate. And I remember he really had to go through it with me and he had some patience because I would say probably some pretty obnoxious and offen offensive things to him in my wish to discover more. You know, I'd say, okay, I, I remember at church camp, one year they played this video for us uh, about the dangers of homosexuality and in this video they told us that gay men stand around in circles and pee on each other and I was like is that something that you do and he laughed and said well maybe <laughs> and I went oh and I mean it was breaking down all of the stigmas it was breaking down um you know, the fundamental aspects of Christianity and realizing for me that this is not the only way to being good and being a great person or going to heaven or having some kind of afterlife. Um, it was a, it was the crack in my belief, I would say, was meeting my, my first gay friend. Now, as you started to ask questions and, you know, maybe self-discover yourself even more so, how did that, did that put a strain on you and your family? Well, I mean, my, excuse me, my mom is still, my mom is still a Christian and, and, and my dad, I guess too, but they're quieter now than we were when we were younger. So it's not something that comes up a lot. Um, but I did, when I decided to finally do this podcast and start the research and had vibes that it might go well for me and that a lot of people might hear it. I went to them and I said, I need to know if you're comfortable with this or not. You know, is this something that would make you squirm in front of your friends and feel embarrassed or shame you? And they were fully supportive. I did sort of sterilize for the most part until the very final episode, which I don't want to say too much about, sterilize it from my family's journey and made it just about me. Because that in the end is what I've discovered is that this, you know, religion and what you believe is a very personal experience. And a lot of the time, what I say is not going to take away from your experience. Um, and we all have to sort of figure things out together. And I'm really hoping that within this podcast, there's space for that, that people can, Christians can come in and listen and challenge their beliefs or learn about the history of their beliefs. Um, I'm not intending to sort of like shatter anyone's religious beliefs or make anyone a Christian either. I, I'm really, I'm just hoping it's a safe space to, to learn. Well, and I got that vibe from it is, you Good. know, if, if no one knew about your history as an individual, you're just doing an investigative reporting podcast. And in my opinion, you do remain very neutral. And that's what I loved about that is even though 
besides your own biases, maybe, or your own experiences, those don't really trickle in. You kind of let the listener go on their own journey and come up with their own, you know, their own set of beliefs when it comes to what you're talking about. I think I'm only been able to do that though, because of the work that I've personally done over the last 20 years. I mean, for a long time, I was so confused and angry about it because it wasn't a really standard religious experience that was relatable to people around me. And if I got into a conversation at a house party in my twenties and people started talking about God or religion or church, I'd start bringing up, you know, Oh, well people in my church received gold teeth from God. What happened at your church? And I realized how unusual it was and that a lot of the people I told um, had really negative reactions to what I was sharing. So I shut down for a while. I had to see a psychologist for a while. Um, and I think in going through that has allowed me to, with a real sense of joy and curiosity, explore this story and my experience instead of it being, what the, what the fuck happened there? Like, what was that? Were people lying to me? You know, like, what, what is this? Uh, I've managed to shake that off, but only recently. It's a journey, right? Do you ever wish that you made the realization, start asking more questions at a younger age? Because, you know, at, at 19, that's kind of a religion out of the picture. That's a very difficult age in general. Do you ever well, wish that you discovered and start asking questions earlier? I did start asking questions, but at the time I just took the answers that they were giving me as fact. It took for me to go to um, you know, take a women's study class, take a religious history study class to educate myself and find out that there were other answers. And maybe that's what even is so interesting now is that we all have access to the same information. We can all, all three of us could all receive the same amount of information, take the same class and still come out with different beliefs on the other end of it. And so I, I don't think I could go back in time. Oh, I wish I'd happened earlier or whatever. It's part of what I think makes me an interesting person. And it brought me to this really curious podcast, which I'm really proud of. So I have no regrets about that. And I will say that you have everything to be proud of because she not only recorded it, read it, but you also produced it and did all the research, everything. Woo! Woo! And she's One still on a real show. morning show. And she's still on a real morning show. <laughs> oh, dudes. Behind the scene, I'm falling apart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <I know>. yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Like, honestly. <laughs> so I want to get into some specific things that happened to you during this movement. But first, I think we should explain what the Toronto Blessing was. Because it wasn't a denomination like we talk about Methodists, Charismatics. No. What was the church you grew up in? What was the denomination? So I grew up in a Pentecostal church, which is an evangelical church, which also had the charismatic leanings. So, you know, we like to speak in tongues and things like that. Uh, we believed in prayer for healing. We believed in prophecy. We had people within our church that were designated prophets who we believed could, um, you know, translate messages from God to our church. Um, things like that. And the church in Toronto was a vineyard church, wasn't Pentecostal, but they were connected and had similar sort of um, belief structures. Uh, and they, all these churches sort of started to become connected because when all of the strange, weird things, the shaking and the falling and the claims of miracles, really, you know, physical healing started coming from Toronto, the word spread. And so um, when the word spread, people from other churches like my church would send representatives to go to Toronto, go to services at that church. So you could sort of like check the, uh, you know, catch that fire or catch that, 
catch whatever it was and bring it back to their, to our churches. And that's how it spread. I mean, it was, um, it spread to other countries really quickly within weeks, within months, because people would take record VHS recordings of the services that were happening in Toronto, go home to their church in, you know, England or Liverpool or wherever, play it for their church. And then somehow when people saw it, it would start happening to them, even though they'd never been to Toronto. And I mean, there was a lot of confusion um, for me as I started to investigate this about, was this a movement? Was this a, a religion, a new religion? What, what exactly was this? And I, I think the easiest way to explain it, it was just a controversial movement within the greater Christian church. So not all Christians got involved on this. Not all charismatics got, got involved in it. But the people who did get involved in it went really deep and really far. And you can hear the live recordings, real recordings in your podcast, which is also adds such an interesting element to it. Yeah, every bit of audio that you hear in my podcast is original audio from moments of worship, from original Toronto Blessing services, from, uh, you know, services today. So any of the very, very strange sounds that you hear, including you know, barking and sounds that sound like birds, you know, squawking. Those are real people worshiping and as they describe experiencing what they believe is the Holy Spirit. Well, it's really fascinating. And Jenna kind of hit on this, how you do a good job of towing the line between is this real? Is it not? Because I'm not even sure what I think. And I believe in all kinds of hocus pocus. I believe in ghosts and miracles and all these things. But listening to your podcast, it's kind of like, there's no way this is legit. And, and you go back and forth during every episode. So for you, you were obviously raised in the church. What was your first experience personally with one of these freaky deaky things like speaking in tongues or falling to the ground? Well, my church in Prince Rupert, uh, the most I had experienced in my home church was speaking in tongues. And that was something that you in the church, like growing up, you looked forward to. It was like, when when's my day going to be? When When all of a sudden is this what we believed, you know, divine language going to come out of my mouth. And it was something, you know, it was almost like, you know, when you're young, Jenna, like you and your friends would be like, who's going to get their period first? Right. But in the youth <laughs> group, it was like, who's going to speak in tongues first, right? But <laughs> it was, it was uh, a youth trip down to, a couple that I took down to Kelowna and Kamloops. We would get in a bus and go on these big road trips. And when we went to these youth conventions, around the time that the Toronto Blessing first broke out in Toronto and the strange things were happening, it had quickly spread to some of the churches in the interior of BC. So when we went to these youth conventions, the leaders got up there and told us, and you know, when we're talking hockey arenas with thousands of Christian teenagers, just ready for anything. Right. And they told us what was happening and that during this service, you may shake, you may fall to the ground, you may make unusual sounds. And they made that a safe space for that. So whether or not, um, you know, it was something supernatural upon us, or it was just a safe space to explore your impulses. That's something that I wanted to look into and do look into in great depth in the, in the podcast. So even if you believe in Jesus and you believe in God, doesn't mean you can't explore also the idea of peer pressure, the idea of, um, you know, seeing someone else fall. Could that make you fall back too and still feel safe about it? Maybe. Well, you explore this idea of hypnotization too, which kind of feels similar to the peer pressure where it's not peer yeah. pressure the way we think about it in school, but like 
the power of suggestion. And if you're in an open state and someone suggests something, kind of like after Jenna has a bottle of wine and we like put the music on, should we dance? Okay, if you insist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if so, you say so. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that sort of thing, right? But in episode three, you were talking about speaking in tongues and you talk about a time a man at your church started speaking in an actual language. I believe, it was it Swahili or some, some language that he actually didn't know? The, that's the the memory that I have. And I mean, the crazy thing was, is, you know, the memory that I have is that one day in church, a man, we were, we were all worshiping and hands up and singing and a man in our church started speaking in tongues. Um, and everyone else got quiet and he was just speaking in tongues. And then somebody else there said, wait a second. She was a missionary from Africa. And she said, wait a second. He's not speaking some unknown language. He's speaking in Swahili. And we all freaked out. And to this day, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. It seems ridiculous, but it's one of the stories that I explore in my podcast because I, I want to know. I don't want to go around telling stories like this if they're not based in truth anymore. I don't want to believe these stories if they're not based in truth. And if there is wonder out there and mystery and things that are, aren't explainable, I want to know what those things are too, because that gives me a rush. But you hear about people like getting brain surgery or even, you know, in a car accident and they wake up and they can speak French. They never heard a word of French before. So that was really fascinating to me because maybe there is something in all of our brains that you can tap into other languages. But whether or not it's true, the fascinating part is, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm getting possessed. <laughs> well, I will say like when you, when you mention like what part about it is true, what could be happening in our brains and stuff, I think that's what one of the interesting sort of roads that I go down is, is because I talked to a neurologist who's done a really in-depth study on, on people uh, speaking in tongues, like attached wires and gizmos and put chemicals through their brains while they're speaking in tongues. And the results of that study are, are in, uh, in my podcast. And I mean, I think it's one of the most fascinating things that I touch on. I remember what I was going to say. You Ooh. are one of the only people that remembered that man speaking in Swahili, right? Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like when I started to do the podcast, I go and I ask people in the church, do you remember this? And they go, no, no, I don't remember that. But weird stuff like that happened all the time. But I'm like, if that really, really happened, like I was a kid, so I was impressionable. But if you were an adult, even if you went to any kind of place and something like that happened, wouldn't you remember? So why like, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you were raised in the church and you were raised with any, um, maybe not the vanilla type churches where nothing supernatural happens or nothing believed to be supernatural happens, maybe it's not the same experience, but there was lots of weird stuff that happened. I mean, people all the time would get up in church and say, you know, you're not going to believe what happened to me yesterday while I was doing the dishes. God, you know, the sun shone and I heard God's voice and you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah. But do we really hear God's voice? Is that our own inner voice? Is there something supernatural at work in this world? It's just really, I'm really curious about it. And I'm glad that I'm exploring it this season. And I, and I hope to do more about it in the future too. Well, as you explore, it sounds like you're almost asking yourself even more questions now. You know, that this is just another part of your next journey because more and more questions keep coming up. So what yeah, new that's for sure. questions do you have maybe even going into season two? Yeah, I, I'm really curious about exploring the dark side. I want to, I want to go into, uh, de de you know, demon possession, evil, um, the devil. 
uh, the history of the devil, the image of the devil in North America, uh, the image of the devil in, um, in movies and film. And I'm learning already how it's impacted the ways that evangelicals believe in the devil today is actually from movies from the 70s. It's not from the Bible or that it's, um, you know, always been something that people have believed. And I think that learning about the history of my own religion has been really empowering as well um, to find out that there were spiritual movements similar to the Toronto Blessing that happened hundreds of years ago with very similar sort of behavior. What's that about? Um, and that's definitely the kind of stuff that I want to explore in the future. What are the parts of the pie? I can't remember which episode it was. Um, that got me was when you talked about, excuse me, going back to the church for the yeah. first time in a very long time. And I could hear you, the emotion in your voice. I could hear you on the brink of almost tears. What was it like for you having going back and how long had it been? It had been 20 years since I'd been back in my home church. And that's what I get to in one of the, in the final episode of this season is my return to that church to talk personally, right face to face with some of the people who made some pretty wild claims like about the gold teeth appearing in their mouths. Um, you know, I, I get to talk with people and, and hear their account of it. Um, going back to that church was just, it was just like being smacked up the face with memories. I could stand in that sanctuary and go, there's where I spoke in tongues for the first time. There's where I remember shaking and falling there, you know, that kind of, uh, it was it was like returning to your childhood home, sort of, because I'd spent so much time there. And uh, I'm so glad that I got to do that trip as well, because I actually did it the week before the lockdown for the pandemic. Oh. So I traveled, I came home, and two days later, everything shut down. So I managed to get that trip in and record it right before, um, you know, it wouldn't have been possible. Were you, were you surprised that they were, was it very, were they so welcoming when you asked and said, this is what I'm doing and I would love to interview you or was I it? Was scared. I was scared. So, yeah, I was scared. Yeah. I'm still scared. I'm still scared that I'm going to get an email from someone that was involved in my podcast because people, the, most of the people that I talk to are on fire Christians. They are actively involved in the church. They had very powerful life-changing experiences and they trusted me with their story. So in no way did I all of a sudden want to take that intimate interview and go shit all over them. Right. So there, there is, um, I do kind of walk a line throughout it. And as I mentioned before, about making this a safe space for everybody to sort of explore how they feel about it. Um, never making fun of anyone. That was really important. Um, but when I went up there, yeah, I was scared. Did they, do they want me to come into church with a big fat microphone and ask them about these stories? But you know, the only people that I felt were, nobody really said it to me, but there were some people in the church that morning when I went and over the course of the weekend, as I was talking with different people online and meeting up with people, um, there were some people who were nervous about me being there because they didn't want me to make fun because maybe they don't believe that gold teeth appeared in people's mouths, but that's their best friend and they don't want me to make fun of their experience. And I never, I never, ever do that. So I'm hoping by the time the full season comes out that I'll be able to have a conversation with everyone involved and hoping that they feel positive about their involvement. Didn't even make fun of the guy barking like a dog, just a little bit, like a little... <laughs> Joke? Well, listen, listen, there's, there's a few, there are a few moments in there. I mean, especially, um, you know, there's a few moments where I definitely laugh and other people join me in laughing, 
but even people involved believe that a lot of it was really silly and have a laugh about it too. And hopefully we're laughing together and not at anyone's expense. Well, that's an interesting point too, is that I've heard Christians say, where do you think humans got their sense of humor? God must be able to take a joke. Otherwise, how come we can be funny? So a lot of the time when Christians get too serious, it's nice to remind them that God probably has a sense of humor. I mean, look at yeah, sure, sure. ostriches. Yeah. <laughs> They're funny. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me too, like one of the, um, one of the things like when, when people say, you know, like, oh, well, God, you know, how, 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 what is his involvement on this if there is a God, right? And what I don't really understand is if this whole thing, this whole Toronto blessing movement um, is something positive and good, and that it does have to do with a positive divine force in the world that they called God, why was there so much confusion? Why was, why was, why did it divide the church? As I, you know, tell the story of a dramatic splitting of, of the denomination. How, sorry about that. How, you know, why is there so much confusion? You'd think it would just be straightforward. And, um, you know, if you ask a Christian, it's because the devil's trying to distract us from what God is doing. So anybody you talk to is going to have an opinion about why that comes up, but, uh, it's definitely just really curious to me. In, in the podcast, you mentioned that it spread quite quickly, this movement across Canada, which yeah. I need mean, to reach the small Prince Rupert, you know, just a little speck there on the coast. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is there still a huge following? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's still, there's still people that go to Toronto to go to three, four day conferences. Um, I went to one um, as part of this podcast. It was the 25th anniversary of the night that all of the strange phenomena started happening in Toronto. So I went there to the conference as a witness, as an observer. Um, I don't go to church anymore. And that same sort of stuff is still happening there. So if you go to, it's called Catch the Fire Toronto now, uh, but it's a huge complex conference center sort of near the airport. And if you go to any of these services or conferences now, that same stuff is still happening. People are shaking and falling to the floor. They are making unusual sounds. Uh, a lot of the soundscapes that you'll hear within the podcast where you hear the moaning and the bird sounds and the barking, uh, a lot of it was actually recorded um, just a few years ago uh, when I went on that trip. Wow. And you mentioned this, this is also similar to what a lot of Canadians know as the mega churches in the U.S. And what was the gentleman's name, the one that wanted to blow coronavirus away? Yeah, went, yeah, that's uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland. Thank you, Kenneth Copeland. So is that kind of Canada's version of it? Um, or... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the, there's the Toronto blessing that started in, in Toronto and it spread across Canada and around the world. There was the uh, Brownsville revival that started in Brownsville, Florida in a church down there. And it, it broke out and ended up being, you know, one of the longest running, what they call revivals in America, uh, attracted thousands of like, millions of people came over the course of a few years to visit that, that church. Uh, but it also was an extension of what happened in Toronto after somebody visited there and came back. But there's mega churches uh, that are connected to Toronto still that I'm maybe interested in exploring in future episodes, like this church called Bethel in uh, Redding, California. And they've had some, they've made some pretty interesting claims down there. Like they claim that uh, on this one Sunday service, uh, or a service could have been any day of the week, that a glory cloud came down from heaven. And there's video recording of gold dust in the air floating all around them, all over their hands. 
And so I immediately go, okay, did something supernatural, honestly, because that's physical. That's not just claims. This is a video and you can see the gold dust. So did that really actually happen? Something supernatural? If there is, I'd like to know. Or did somebody put gold flakes in an event and try to get, you know, church to get a lot of attention? Um, it's something that I'd like to, to dig into, but again, I got to do it carefully because most of the people that have stories about these are people who are still in the church. So they're very protective of what happened and they don't want to be made fools. Well, you mentioned that there's a lot of confusion. Like if this was straightforward, why is there still so many questions about it? But by the same token, you don't see a lot of holes being poked in these accounts either. Like the gold teeth. I had never heard about that before listening to your podcast. And you would think if a child had a gold tooth appear in their mouth, they would tell at least one friend, yeah, my dad told me not to say anything. And like, you don't hear a lot of those stories or somebody would have told someone they put the gold flakes in the vent. So it's interesting there's not more counter arguments. Well, I mean, there are some like, I never found any examples of people who straight out lied about the gold teeth. I always felt like, and I do talk to a lot of people, especially later on in the series, people who actually claim to have gold teeth from God. And I don't get the impression like anybody um, is straight up lying. They do believe that it's from God, but it, was it just something that they forgot their dentist did? <laughs> I don't know. Like, can I find dental records? That's, that's been a part of my journey. I think speaking in tongues is probably the most common one that people hear about. So yeah. when it happened to you, what's your memory of that happening? Did you feel like a warm light inside of you? What happened? Oh yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty exciting. Um, the, the weird thing is, is that I, I personally feel like I can close my eyes today and I'm not going to do it because I don't want to disrespect, but like, I feel like I could do it right now. But was it the same as what I did back then? Was I in some sort of spiritual trance that allowed me to make sounds that I couldn't make otherwise? I, I, don't, I still don't know. I still don't know. Do you, do you ever like remember a physical feeling? Because oh, even yeah. just the thought of it right now, I can feel like, you know, when you get nerves, there's like a pit in your stomach, even just talk. And I am by no means a religious person, but even I can feel that just talking to you right now. Did you feel that? Feelings, feelings that I remember feeling, especially in like those big services, like with thousands of people around or whatever is um, tingly, like going from cold air into warm air. Um, uh, one person in the podcast describes it as a feeling of warm honey. And that is, a, it is a physical feeling. It feels good. It felt good. But what is it? That's, that's what I want to know. Right. I'm not willing. I'm not willing at this point to just go, oh, it's just some, it's God, it's supernatural. I'm just way too curious and nosy. I've got to know more. Well, I think you're curious and nosy because you felt it. You, you know that there is something there. You just need an explanation. Yeah. But you get feelings listening to this podcast. I didn't expect to be as interested as I was. Full disclosure, Jenna texts me. She's like, I think you love this podcast. Listen to it. And we've all been going on walks and quarantine, right? So I'm like, all yeah. right, I'm getting it. I'll put it on. And I got chills in like 35 degree weather and because some of the sound clips are so powerful and you feel the emotion coming through. So I got good, feeling good. listening to the podcast. So I see, imagine being with hundreds of people all believing and chanting and woo, yeah. it would be very powerful. Did you guys ever rave? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's very much like a rave. It's very much like a rave with ladies, you know, two ladies over there that are best friends laughing so hard. They can't, they're holding each other up. 
people, you know, you walk to the bathroom and there's, you know, you have to step over a body because someone's just flat out on their back. Um, uh, people are dancing, people are singing, um, you know, there's different rooms of different, it, to me, if now that, you know, I didn't go to raves when I was in that, when I was younger, but then as I got older and I went to raves, I remember being like, oh, this is like the church. <laughs> <laughs> you just said someone laying flat on their back and that caught my attention yeah. for a number of reasons. But the main one is uh, the person in the, one of the episodes that fell on their back, they had, a, they had a blanket, like as if they were expecting to fall. Yeah. So it's like, do some people maybe come to these services knowing what they're going to do when they get there. Like, why would you lay a blanket out? And then all of a sudden I have this religious and fall exactly on the blanket that you laid out before. Yeah. There's definitely an expectation. Yeah. And experience that when you go and it doesn't mean that when you go and you want it to happen, it will happen. Cause I know a lot of people back then and still today will go to churches like this and walk away disappointed mm. because want to feel the warm honey. They wanted to shake. They wanted to speak in tongues. And when it doesn't happen for them, there's a palpable disappointment. And, you know, why not me? And that's curious too. How come that person and not that person? Right. That brings up again, sort of for me, the conversation about hypnosis. When you go to a, a performance of hypnosis or an environment like that, some people are susceptible and wind up hypnotized. And some people, it's nothing. Um, when I went to a, a hypnotist show when I was younger, they came to our, like our community center and he did a little, you know, whatever it was and identified the people that he thought were hypnotized. And I ended up being one of them and I ended up being up on stage and they were getting us to do all of these strange, weird, embarrassing things. And I did every single one of them. And the whole time I was thinking, is this what it feels like to be hypnotized? And now I look back on it. No, it's because I was I was an actress. I was a performer. You were putting me on stage. I'm going to put on a show, but I still don't know. Was that just me? Was everyone doing that? Or were the other three guys that were with me legit in another world, you know, in a different frame of mind? Again, it comes back. I found really interesting how you talked about how being a charismatic and being an entertainer and an artist kind of all fit together perfectly you know you yeah. said you're like i don't think i would have this career maybe even do you think you would have your career if it wasn't for you know sometimes sometimes i wonder like so i, I work i host radio shows i've also been a television host as well and when i was growing up i used to watch a lot of christian television with the really charismatic flamboyant hosts with the pastor's wife with i mean the american version is you know like tammy faye yeah. baker makeup and the tears and the big hair and the whatever eyelashes don't forget her lashes yeah 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 and i mean sometimes i wonder if i'd stayed in the church maybe that's where i would have gone used my talents in that way and be and married someone as well who wanted to perform for jesus sort of thing that's not what happened to me but you know life could have been different yeah there's one part now we're talking about the tv people do you call televangelists is what they're called Tele right this, okay, I almost had my own religious experience when you were telling about, was it Kenneth Copeland or the one you grew up watching all the time? Benny, Benny Hinn is the one I used to watch all the time. And you were telling the story about a young girl sitting on the couch with a sore back, and that was the message. That, oh, I don't want to give it away. But anyway, he spoke to you. I felt like he was speaking to me at the time, yeah, through so, the television. What's so interesting about that is, as I'm listening to your podcast, I guess you had told your experience, then you played a clip from Benny's show. 
And right now, uh, my mom is in the hospital with a serious back condition. She's fine. That's not the point of the story. But the first thing in the Benny clip was, I see a woman who's 60 years old in the hospital with a back problem. And I was like, oh my God, he's talking about my mom through TJ's podcast. And so, <laughs> but I, I, again, the chills came and I was on another one of my walks. I'm like, what are the chances that he would hit my mom's age? She's in the hospital on yeah. this clip. So I totally see how people can find what they want to find from this stuff, whether or not it's meant for them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We all want, I mean, we don't all, not all people, but there are people like me, maybe like you, who kind of have these feelers out. You want to feel something. We (laughs) want to feel something. We want to feel them. We want to believe that there's something unexplainable or magical about the world. And that somebody's on our side. (laughs) Just like someone's there helping us out, please. Especially these days. You know, I didn't quite get into it in, into any, any of the episodes right now, but it's something I, I've sort of put together for some future episodes. And it's about that need to believe that humans have. Why, you know, if, if there's no God, why do, why do so many humans believe in gods, right? And there is something about the peace in having an explanation for all of this so that it's not out of control and meaningless. And whether you find meaning um, in your family, in your friends, or in a pastor, in Jesus, it does give us a sense of uh, worth and, um, and, and meaning, right? And that is valuable to us as human beings. The one thing that is sort of tangible about the three we're talking about, prophecy, speaking in tongues, and prayer for healing, is the prayer for healing. Because if somebody does have a back condition and they can't stand up straight, now all of a sudden they can stand up straight. Yeah. That could be all in their head. I mean, power of suggestion, again, is a very strong thing, but I mean, those accounts are pretty fascinating to me. All of a sudden you have heart disease, now you don't. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that made claims like that, but I had trouble tracking down any that I could root back to real doctors saying that people had been healed. And that's when it comes back to personal experiences that you just can't, you can't judge if somebody says that they were they were deaf in 1997 and that they went to a Toronto blessing service and they could hear after that. You just have to either believe them or not believe them because it was a personal experience unless you knew that person and knew they were deaf. Right. And it's always, you know, that's, I think where these stories become powerful is when other people start to back stories up and it, I don't know, it gets a little more intriguing. Have you had any feedback from the podcast so far? Cause it hasn't been, how long has it been now? It's, it's only been out uh, a month. Yeah, you know, yeah. Three or four weeks now. I'll release new episodes on Monday. And then when this season wraps up, I'll got another one that's coming soon. Um, but what I've really been pumped about is how many people I've heard from that had, most of the people I've heard from are very similar to me. So they were raised in the church. They had questions. They maybe fell away from the church a bit, but were always really curious, but were scared to ask questions and didn't know where to get answers. So for anyone who maybe is like me, and that's the scenario I did for you, I found a lot of potential answers and lots of ones that you can consider. Right, you're like the Leah Remini. (laughs) Oh, except nobody's out to get me. (laughs) Exactly, and like minus all the sinister, really sinister dark stuff that goes on in Scientology. But you know, that was her, she wanted to find answers because it was her journey and it was so much such a big part of her life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, yeah. like, 
and it took she said it was very hard to get her mind away from Scientology and the way of thinking that she thought. So she had to like deprogram herself in a sense. And even at this age, she says she's still asking questions and still finding herself resorting back. So you guys are yeah. kind of going through the same experience. Well, I mean, a lot of, um, a lot of Christians that have reached out to me are sitting back and just going, I know that you're going to be a Christian after this. I know that you're going to come back to the church. And I think that's part of the curiosity of some of the listeners. What will my journey as your host um, and the creator of this podcast be by the end? And all I promise is that I'm vulnerable, I'm authentic, I'm honest, and um, I'm still on the journey now. What a tease that is. What yeah. a tease. It's an amazing podcast. I it absolutely is. love it. And uh -huh. you know what? Perfect length, too. Perfect. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I have to say too, again, the crowning achievement, I think, crowning, ew, gross. Um, <laughs> is, I meant like a crown. Oh, anyway, is that you, you are so neutral and whether people are going to listen to it believing or not believing, I think they're going to get something out of it because it's right in the middle. And I can't wait for season two about the ghosts and demons. I'm there yeah. for that. Yeah, I can't wait too. Right. So that's Heaven Bent. You find it anywhere you can listen to um, podcasts. You are on the Frequency Network as well, so you can always go to the Frequency Network to find it. And yeah, you can listen to our mornings, but I guess it's not so early for us on the East Coast, on the Eastern no, side. So nice to connect with you guys. How's your city with the, with the pandemic and restrictions and stuff? We're pretty much, we're okay. We're not Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're slowly opening. You guys are way ahead of us in Vancouver, but we're slowly, uh, we finally get to get Botox again, so that's exciting. Yay! But gyms aren't open yet. I want my eyebrows threaded so bad. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we wish you all the success with this podcast. I think it's thank amazing. You. It's so interesting. And yeah, you're great. So Tara Jean Stevens. We'll, we'll talk to her when season two comes out. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh, you had alcohol? I, we didn't sip it. I didn't feel it was appropriate. I didn't either. I felt that. It was too early for you. But. Oh my God. Now you drink it. I've been sitting here sipping my coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> Have a great day. Tell everyone I say hello. Yeah, I will. I will. That was a treat. Okay. Keep in touch, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.